0: By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. Welcome to the Cannabis 101 Podcast. Part of the Cannabis Life Experience. Your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Join us on this journey and adventure with the wonderful plant. Here's your host, Dean Millard.
1: Hello there and welcome to episode number 93 of the Cannabis 101 podcast, at least uh, hour number one of uh, episode 93. Uh, We will have uh, episode or hour number two rather coming out on uh, Wednesday morning, 420 a.m. And when we're going to speak with somebody from the Valens company. So that's going to be pretty exciting. But this is a show where it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. And uh, we try to find out what you're grooving with right off the bat. Put
2: that in your pipe and smoke
0: it. Can you dig it?
2: Kind
1: of grabs you by the poo poo, don't it? Pipe in a crepe, longer, please.
2: This is great. This is the bee's knees.
1: So I want to know what you're grooving with. If you're grooving with anything while well, you check out the show, it could be a joint, maybe a bong, maybe just some relaxing CBD. Uh, it, maybe it's an afternoon and uh, you're after work relaxing. You've eaten something. You, you know, I picked up some fast-acting uh, edibles, Wanna Quicks? I can't wait to try those out to see how fast the onset is. But uh, what I'm grooving with today is uh, my Pax Era. I've got some uh, 7 Acres, uh, the Sativa in there. Uh, and this is the one that I got engraved uh, when uh, my good buddy Chris Sionson was at uh, Nova Cannabis Jasper Ave. We actually have some of these to give away. Uh, they're not en- engraved uh, like this one, but they are engraved with the Cannabis 101 Podcast logo. So we're giving them away all month of May, courtesy of our great friends at uh, PAX, had Sean King on a few weeks ago, and um, this is just absolutely awesome. Big thanks to Jenna in uh, Calgary for hooking us up with these uh, engraved PAX, not these, uh, but some different uh, PAX eras engraved with the Cannabis 101 podcast that you can win just for chiming in on this show. So let me get my groove on, and we will get on with the show. All right, here is what is coming down the hash pipe on this episode. All right, uh, David Wiley from the OZ is going to join me as per usual for this week in Cannabis News. Mergers and acquisitions, lawsuits and hospital weed we will be discussing on this episode. Malcolm Labelle from the Green Generation Co on the business of cannabis. And what is getting high? We'll talk about that in the lead. Uh, Heather Cadeau in Changemakers and and Purposeful Packaging in What It Means to Be Green. The cannabis question is about who should get a movie made about them. Our cannabis character, speaking of movies, is from the show or the flick Hall Pass. And in Weed Word of the Day, we'll talk about uh, a name for weed used by people that don't smoke weed and a uh, specific uh, cultivar. But let's get things going now with the cannabis question.
0: It's prize time. <laughs> Chime in on the cannabis question. And you could win a cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a crepe, bong and a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds. Or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com.
3: Okay, here we go.
1: Question today is What cannabis real life personality should have a biopic made about them? Uh, If you're watching, you can see the uh, picture on uh, the question on the screen. Uh, If you're listening, uh, you can get a hold of us and answer this question at the Cannabis 101 on Twitter, Cannabis 101 Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. You can also email us cannabis 101 podcast at gmail dot com i 'm going with rick simpson um, the the work that this guy has done to get the uh, the Rick Simpson oil in the hands of people that needed it. Uh, my wife had some when she was going through her second uh, battle with cancer uh, so it'd be amazing to see everything that uh, this guy went through personally um, you know in the, with uh, law enforcement. I'd love to see a biopic on uh, Rick Simpson. So send me your thoughts. You can win an engraved PAX era with a Cannabis 101 Podcast logo on it. Email me, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. You can be anonymous and uh, still win a prize. All right, uh, big thanks to all of our partners, including David Wiley of the OZ, Malcolm Bell of the Green Generation Co., and so many other people. Chris Ionson of Plant Life Cannabis, our educator that helps us every episode on Know Your Buds in Hour Number 2. Big thanks to everybody for helping us get this show going. Uh, As I mentioned, we're taking a bit of a break at the end of this month, but we are going to be doing a lot of things on Relevant on the app, and I'll tell you a little bit more about the app a little bit later about how great it is, and that's where we're basically going to move the show to in different segments on different days. So stay tuned uh, for more information on that, but if you haven't downloaded the app, download Relevant today. It's R E L E V N T and check out the Cannabis 101 Podcast Vibe. We'll get more information to you on that in a little bit. Right now, let's get you the latest news.
0: What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. Uh, diving into the world
1: of cannabis news as I bring in my good friend David Wiley from the OZ. You can check out the website www.okanaganz.com And and David, um, I, I, oftentimes I, I bring you on and I am so envious of that shot on your beautiful website because I'm sure <laughs> that's from your uh, living room window or something. But I'm going to tell you We got some rain on the weekend, and it's really green and beautiful and sunny here. So this is one of the days where I love northern Alberta because I can get out and enjoy the sunset for for a long, long time. Not that I wouldn't love the Okanagan on a day like this, but uh, at least we've got some beautiful sunshine today. So I hope things are uh, sunny in your world as well.
2: They are, you know, in every uh, part of Canada is cool in its own way (laughs) Uh, and that's the great thing about this country no matter what province you go into there's something spectacular.
1: Indeed Uh, and you know something we talked about you know way back when it was cold is the world of uh, kind of mergers and acquisitions in the cannabis space in fact it was one of the top stories of of 2020 uh, continuing and as we said was going to continue into 2021 and beyond and boom, here we are with our very first story talking about this. And, um, you know, this is a, a, an interesting acquisition because these are two different companies that are involved in this that, you know, I think have really good concepts. Uh, so Sundial, uh, the LP, is now acquiring Spirit Leaf and Inner Spirit Holdings. So another uh, of these trends that we're seeing of uh, mergers and acquisitions.
2: We definitely talked about it as a trend, and the the thing about this one was that it, it actually surprised me. Like you mentioned, you've got uh, Spirit Leaf, Canada's biggest chain of retail stores. They're a mix of uh, franchises and corporate stores, and then you've got Sundial Growers, which is an LP. Um, you know, one of the one of the mid sized ones here in Canada, and uh, here they are coming together and. Sundial's going to acquire uh, basically all of the issued and outstanding common shares uh, at a total cost of about $131 million. And uh, the deal already has been unanimously approved by the boards of both Sundial and Inner Spirit Holdings, which is uh, the parent company of Spirit Leaf Retail Franchises. Uh, it's expected to close early in the third quarter of 2021. And yeah here you know sundial says that it's becoming a stronger and more diverse cannabis company by acquiring this retail store network and uh, it gives them also a lot of um a lot of opportunity, some cash behind them and some mo- momentum to even start to move more globally uh spirit leaf could uh is now positioned really to uh, move into the u.s market as things start to move and change there um, it's it's a big chain. There's 86 Spirit Leaf retail stores operating across uh, Canada and provinces of B.C., Alberta, Saskatchewan, Ontario, and Newfoundland Labrador. Um, so, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see the future of this company. I'm already uh, we we were um, delighted, I think, at the start of legalization to see Spirit Leaf form a partnership with Up Cannabis and the Tragically mm-hmm. Hip come together. Super Canadian. And uh, now we have this surprising move. So um, you know, keep an eye on Spirit Leaf and Sundial. They're gonna be a fascinating story for time to come.
1: Yeah, and uh, as the uh, the story was told by by you at the OZ, that this is something that um, you know they could be approaching um, the the hundred mark, that or you know ahead. To the century, to uh, yeah. quote a little bit of uh, the, paraphrase a little bit of the <laughs> tragically hip. And, you know, the, the thing I like about both of these different companies is the the kind of the uniqueness, you know, Spirit Leaf is a bit of a blend of franchise and, and corporate, uh, you know, it's uh, franchised out to different people. Um, but there are a little bit of a of a corporate angle of a few corporate stores as well. And then when you look at Sundial, you know, they were uh, headquartered and, and started out in Olds, Alberta, and, and Olds, Alberta was oil and gas. And now Olds, Alberta is oil and grass. And, you know, the, 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 there was one point Sundial had, uh, you know, a partnership with Olds College and they actually have, you know, a, uh, you know, a really, really big horticulture program there. So I really like how both of these companies have, have, um, you know, kind of, branched out uh, so to speak and and this one did catch me by surprise because you know i i you know sometimes you look at mergers and acquisitions of you know like uh uh, sometimes it's a company not doing well and somebody swoops in or sometimes it's like wow that company is doing so well uh that we got to get a piece of it but usually that's early you know spirit leaf has really put their mark on the cannabis space in the last two two and a half years here
2: yeah they sure have you mentioned you know reaching that uh, hundred store milestone um you know they're easily positioned to do that this year and to be the first ones in Canada to do it um i uh, honestly, I didn't know very much about sundial and uh still don't know too much about them, which is partly why this came out of left field for me so uh that's interesting background that you have on it yeah uh i've I've had a
1: chance to talk to a few people uh, within that company so uh it's, uh, it's, it's good news. It's, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm always happy when, uh, you know, another company acquires another company cause they're doing so well opposed, as opposed to, you know, mm-hmm. buying for pennies on the, on the dollar. And you know, let's discuss, yeah. uh, you know, continuing this kind of trend and a different story, but tell what, you know, what's going on with the new Tilray that we hear about in this next story. It's
2: the biggest cannabis company in the world now. At Tilray and uh, Afria, merge, the merger is complete now, um, creating the new Tilray. The Tilray logo is kind of a blending of the two um, company logos as well. So they've got that dynamic happening. Uh, now Tilray's CEO, Erwin Simon, says that the next step is really to bring the two teams from the two companies together uh, and figure out the right strategy for this uh, big company. Um, I'm sure that they've already got their plans up their sleeve. You know, but part of the complication right now, which Simon uh, did talk about, was that you've got a company just like every other here that's still dealing with COVID-19 and how to get the message out about their brand, about their products. Um, you know, it's, you can't have boots on the ground everywhere right now, of course, and it's really hard to, to be visiting stores uh, on the regular and that's partly how these companies grow their distribution. Um, and you know, they have big plans for this too. Tilray has a, has a, uh, it's eyes on 30% of the market, which is a massive chunk. So you, there's a lot of ambition there. And part of the, part of the way that they want to get there is to lobby the federal government, um, to change the way that cannabis is marketed to consumers because, of course, it's very regulated right now. And that's a challenge for any company that wants to reach new customers in its market. Um, As for the world, you know, they're going big places. They're foreseeing legal uh, recreational cannabis coming uh, in the near future to Germany, to Portugal, to Israel. Um, So they're basically saying that this company is ushering in a new era in the global cannabis industry. Um, you know, again, referring to it as we hear the big companies refer to it as a, uh, cannabis focused consumer packaged goods company, or a CPG get used to that term, it's something mm-hmm. that we're going to be hearing on the regular and already do. Um, and you know, the, this, this brand has a lot of names in its pocket that we're already familiar with, and those include Soleil, Good Supply, Broken Coast, Canica. Uh, you know, they're uh, they're everywhere. So, yeah, this is uh, Canada is going to be a Canadian company is going to be representing us. Uh, you know, on the global scale, and already is, um, and yeah, bringing some good brands with it.
1: Thirty uh, percent. That's a that's an ambitious goal, but you know the way they're mm-hmm. growing. You know, it's it's not going to be hard to see the pattern. uh, You know, when we look back on this and say, "Oh yeah, that was uh, that was pretty impressive." But you know, also I'm also very impressed that they are working hard on changing the regulations because that's something that's not just going to benefit them. You know, they are one of the biggest players, if not now the biggest player. But that change that they can push for is going to have that trickle down effect to everybody, whether it's mid level, low level, small growers, small mom and pop retail shops. Like I mean. Their actions could have far-reaching good consequences and a ripple effect throughout throughout the industry. And you know what? Far-reaching, far-thinking, looking past the borders of Canada and seeing that this wheel of cannabis is starting to turn and and turn a little bit faster than it yet than it always has.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Big. Uh, big taxpayer, of course. So yeah. you know they have a a lot of uh, a lot of lobbying power. Um, you know, in the size to back it up. And you mentioned that that 30% number is really fascinating. Um, and a company this big can continue on the acquisition path. So we might see them, uh, you know, start to uh, gobble up some of the smaller um, producers in order to achieve that 30% as well.
1: Mm, very good point as well. Uh, okay, this next story is fascinating to me because we have, you know, we we just talked about one of the bigger, uh, you know, cannabis companies. You, you want to talk about one of the bigger, you know, uh, I guess candy gum, whatever uh, sort of company. You got Mars Wrigley launching a lawsuit to go after illicit companies, which is really interesting. You know, basically they're 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 suing them to stop them because you know, how would you sue them for profits when they're illegal? How do you, you know, nobody's, the the illegal uh, producer of edibles is not putting on his tax form that he's producing illegal edibles, but they just want the use of their branding to stop. And I really don't blame them.
2: Boy, you really hit the nail on the head because that's my biggest question is how do you um, enforce this through the courts uh, I mean you're you're fighting uh, a hooded enemy here um, and you know if you've if you've ever seen these packages of, uh, of legacy market black market whatever you want to call it edibles you, you could barely tell the difference in some cases between the actual um, candy that you'd buy at the store and these products they're so similar. Um, so like you said, Mars Wrigley, huge company taking legal action, uh, in Canada and the U S some of the U S lawsuits, um, are in different courts in different States. So maybe we can look to what's happening there to get a, a hint at what they're going to be doing in Canada. It seems like they're launching these lawsuits district by district. Um, and basically it's intended to stop the illegal use of their trademark names, which they call. Uh, um, dangerous. And part of the reason for that is we've seen here in Canada, across the country, different officials um, sounding the alarm over some of these kinds of uh, candies that we're seeing because young children are mistaking them. Two years old in one case um, got very sick and ended up Mm -hmm. in uh, the emergency room and trying to uh, trying to deal with poison um, you know of course because the other side of it is that black markets uh, edibles, don't all fall under that 10 milligram uh, top that we see in the legal markets. Some of the products are out there are 100 milligrams, 300 milligrams in some cases. And, uh, you know, that's that's a challenge in and of itself. So when you add this kind of packaging on top of that, where it can be so easily mistaken for something innocuous, um, that's what Mars Wrigley is coming up here against. Um, there was also an additional lawsuit that was filed in the U.S. against a company that was selling a uh, the cannabis strain um, Skittles, which is spelled with Zs. You've probably seen that. It's mm-hmm. basically a cannabis strain. But um, you know, the logo itself, it was bearing a really extreme likeness to the Mar- one of the Mars Wrigley brands. And uh, so that's also what they're doing. They're trying to, uh, they're trying to go after even um, companies that are doing things to legitimately um, to protect what they own. Yeah, this is going to be
1: fascinating because, you know, uh, both of what we talked about is how do you prevent, you know, maybe this is basically just them trying to scare everybody to at least at the very least stop doing it. They're not going to get any money back for copyright infringement because I love the, 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 the words that use the hooded enemy. Uh, because there's, you know, thousands and <laughs> millions of people out there maybe doing this. So, you know, it's like trying to stop that Nigerian prince that wants to give you all his money all the time. Right? Like, a you know, you put one down, whack them all, another yeah. one pops up and things like that. The Z Skittles or Z Gittles or Skittles, whatever you want to call it or use it. That's going to be an interesting one because. Um, You know, in in Canada, I don't know if there is, is there an actual uh, cultivar name with that? Because I know they made them change Girl Scout cookies to GCS. So that's an interesting one, too, because... You know, Skittles isn't just a candy bar. It's an actual name of a particular candy. It's, you know, it's different if you had one a a cultivar called Candy Bar. Well, you can't copyright just the word candy (laughs) bar, but Skittles is an actual product. This is going to be one to watch. Going after the actual, uh, like, I don't know, I, I guess if there was any LPs that produced the Z Skittles, you could go after them possibly, but, you know, do you go after the person that bred the cultivar in the first place and named it that? Like it's, it's just, a, this is an, a really interesting lawsuit to kind of follow and see if, you know, what actually comes out of it. Fascinating.
2: Yeah, for sure. They're going after the logo, which, you know, bears a resemblance to it. But uh, once you nail someone on the logo, you know, then the next logical step is to go after the name. So it could head down that path pretty easily. Wow. Okay,
1: well, from from fascinating in the courtroom to uh, fascinating, exciting, uh, you know, I I don't know, uh, I'm trying to contain my excitement for this next story because it's absolutely awesome in that patients at a uh, hospital – uh, in in our own uh, beautiful country, uh, in Sunnybrook, the hospital are going to provide cannabis on site. I mean, this is just another. You know, listen the the medical side of cannabis in in Canada, and I don't know about the United States, but in Canada, definitely needs an overhaul. It's it's not perfect. You've had you've had you know experience with that yourself. But on the medical side, with something like this, this is such a massive, great step in the right direction.
2: Access uh, has been a problem, definitely on the medical side, easy access, timely access. Um, and this is the first time that a hospital is going to offer cannabis, uh, you know, on site. Sunnybrook Health Services Center entered into an agreement to distribute to Avicanna's RHO phyto products. Um, they include things like oils and sprays to patients who have that uh, appropriate medical authorization and they can get it through the Odette Cancer Center Pharmacy. So this is actually a one-of-a-kind uh, or a first-of-its-kind and one-of-a-kind collaboration and seven of these RHO phytoproducts are going to be available for purchase at that pharmacy. Um, Avicana and Sunnybrook Hospital say that they're aiming to establish what they're calling the gold standard of care for cannabinoid-based medicine. Um, To do that, they're going to provide support, education, and training for physicians, pharmacists, and patients, uh, basically on the formulary of the RHO phytoproducts. Avicana says that this is an incredibly significant development for the company uh, as it's validating their medical focus and their credibility with the healthcare community and i would say that this is actually an incredibly significant development for medical cannabis overall getting it right into a hospital getting it right uh, outside of the doors where patients are going um for their own appointments so this is uh, this is great to see and uh, hopefully that it spreads
1: this is just um so encouraging i mean uh, t- the, you know we we've talked about uh you know cannabis as as a medicine and something that that we believe in um you know there's a lot of anecdotal evidence out there there's a lot of research starting to to come in and you know my guest last week uh was uh, dr jane alcorn at the university of saskatchewan doing incredible research in uh, in uh, in regards to to children and, and seizures. And so we're starting to see the evidence starting to mount and pile up and, you know, who knows uh, how many years it's going to take, but it won't be long, David, before this is something that is regular in hospitals across the country. And I love that Forbes, you know, picked up on this and put this out there because this is something that, you know, Canada should be proud of is, you know, that, that there will be cannabis readily available to patients in these particular hospitals now, and maybe more, uh, down the road. And, you know, we're we're the first real, you know, the, the, you know, Uruguay did legalize, but it's much different than here. So we set the standard Mm -hmm. there and, and, you know, we can start setting the standard on the medical side. Fix the medical cannabis uh, the, the system, fix that system, uh, by providing cannabis to patients, as you mentioned, at a you know, readily, a timely available, a timely fashion so that, you know, they can, uh, ease their pain or ease some of their symptoms and things like that. This is amazing. This is the, this is the news that I love covering because, you know, who who knows how long it's going to be where every hospital is doing this.
2: I think that it's really important to get cannabis around doctors, too, and to have it accessible at a hospital pharmacy absolutely does that it puts it right uh, right into the sight line of doctors and physicians and surgeons and uh, pretty much the healthcare community. And that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And we've talked about that in, in the past about, you know, doctors just don't have enough information. Well, if it's available at their site, they can do, you know, then it's like, okay, maybe I should be doing this research because now it is here. Now it is an option. I need to find out why it should be an option.
2: Yeah, definitely. And that's that we have talked about that, that uh, the different regulatory bodies uh, across the country are asking for more evidence um, along the lines of pharmaceutical type studies. So, uh, you know, to have the cannabis community and the healthcare community uh, in dialogue and talking about how these kinds of studies can happen, um, you know, to appease these organizations. I think that's the direction that this is going to have to go.
1: Beautiful stuff. Excellent. And speaking of beautiful, there's another gorgeous shot uh, out uh, David's office window uh, in the Okanagan Valley. Uh, David, as (laughs) always, uh, thank you so much. People can check it out at okanaganz.com. Check out the podcast, the newsletter that comes out on Friday, and uh, get all of your cannabis news right in one spot. Enjoy the sunshine. We'll chat next week, David. Thanks, man. That is the weed song from the artist, Sorry About Your Dog. You'll hear the marijuana song a little bit later on in the program. And whenever the Cannabis and Hemp Expo gets going, we will be there broadcasting episodes on location. I would love to meet some of the listeners and the viewers uh, so I, I'm not sure when this is happening, but uh, you know, even if we're on our hiatus, our summer hiatus, we'll try to be there and uh, be broadcasting some special episodes. You could find more information at CannabisHempExpo.com dot com and uh, come down and say hi whenever we can get back to hanging out once again. You got a joint? Uh,
0: no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did. Time now for cannabis characters. Dopest dope I've ever smoked. Celebrating the best from fictional 420 film. Hey,
1: I am your stoner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and beyond. Let you with that, man. Uh, is it heavy stuff, man? <laughs>
1: All right, so the cannabis character that I'm going with today is is kind of basically it's more of a cannabis uh, collage of characters because I'm using four of them. Uh, the movie is Hall Pass, and that stars uh, Owen Wilson, Jason Sudeikis, uh, Stephen Merchant as Gary, and uh, Larry Joe Campbell as uh, Hoghead. <laughs> And basically the, the premise is, you know, a couple of guys are on a hall pass uh, from, from their wives, or I think one of them is. I haven't seen it in a really long time, but this scene always stuck with me. Uh, it's where uh, Gary, uh, one of the guys, uh, procures some weed brownies, or of the brownies of the pot variety, as he calls them uh, in this clip. So enjoy this little ditty from Hall Pass featuring uh, the four fellas.
0: Gentlemen, look what I got here. What are those? Oh, just some brownies of the pot variety. Well, what? 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 We're not on spring break. Where'd you get those? I'm from the guy who cleans my office. Come on, who's in?
1: Hey, uh... <sighs> oh. Come on, you squares.
3: It's not the same when you, when you eat it as when you smoke it. When you eat it, apparently, it's a much more mellow buzz. It just makes you feel sort of relaxed.
1: Are they chocolatey?
3: Yeah. You know what,
1: Rick? This is spring break. You guys got a hall pass. You need to live it up. Might help your rap with the ladies at the pool later. <laughs> Correct. You don't even have a hall pass. So I go vicariously through you guys, can I? Well, it's
0: not vicarious if you're actually doing
1: it, Hoghead. All right, get off my back. Just trying to enjoy pastry here. Now, oh, what the hell? It's not like my game could get any worse. Come on, do it. All right, do it. <laughs> it's a bit naughty. Golly, that is so... Hey, Hoghead, come here, man. You gotta feel Rick's skin, feel how soft it is. Hoghead, you okay?
0: What the hell is he doing?
1: He's got back spasms. Not him. Him.
2: Gary! What are you doing? I'm talking to the guy who cleans my office. He says we took way too much. We're only supposed to eat like a quarter of a brownie each what
0: look this is the third time i've had to flag your group and you're only on the fourth hole
1: now if i have to come out here again you're done for the day sorry marshall we're going to pick it up <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think so they didn't pick it up if you see the seeds after that so uh pretty good stuff uh funny th- you know t- typical kind of typical and stereotypical of a lot of people that uh eat brownies for the first time they eat way too many uh, my good buddy KO'd half of a party one time. The other half got nothing, but the rest of them were uh, asleep because, uh, to quote uh, Fear and Loathing, uh, they took too much, too much, too much. So that is the fellas from Hall Pass as our cannabis character characters today. <laughs>
0: This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast, bringing you the latest Bud, Biz, Buzz.
1: I love exploring the business side of the cannabis industry. You know, we check out the news side, the business side, uh, try to cover as many bases here on the show. And I do that with Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. You can find her online at greengencompany.com and find out how Malka can help you. And in the uh, spirit of uh, being green, Malka, I went for a walk today in the beautiful sunshine. Uh, it was my mother-in-law's 80th birthday over the weekend. And and while it rained on Saturday, it was so beautiful on Sunday for, for all the mums out there. So it's just amazing to see overnight with some moisture how beautiful it is when the sun is shining. So I hope it's shining where you are today.
3: Yeah, it's shining so much. I had to close my blackout curtain next to me. It's gorgeous. We had that same uh Sunday, actually on Sunday on Mother's Day, we had a snowfall, like quite mm-hmm. a bit of snow. Um uh, but it wasn't very cold, so it melted and it's green and everything. The the the, the earth, the ground just uh, soaked it all up and it's beautiful today. So I can't wait to see the flowers starting to bloom quickly. But that's that's what it's like in Alberta. You go from winter to to spring in the same day.
1: (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. You have to be prepared for a lot of seasons year round. uh, You know, like, uh, you know, maybe you don't have to have your shorts in February, but you always have to have something. Uh, on standby in case it snows in the summer and the spring and um you know the lead that we're talking about today in the lead story is what does it feel like to get high if you don't use cannabis and 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 you know I use this example with the the psychoactive effect of cannabis is you know for people that take CBD you know, I don't want to tell them they're not going to be high because a high is different for a lot of people. They might not get the psycho or they won't get the psychoactive effects that THC gives you, but a high is different for different people. And our body produces that for us on different levels. So take us through this uh, lead topic Mm -hmm. today.
3: Yeah. So again, this is along my exploration to try and understand and destigmatize and just come to terms with people that are still really struggling with the concept of cannabis as a thing that could be part of our world. And I really believe that, you know, we, as we've talked about before, that everyone sort of comes at uh, comes into this plant with a different perspective and a history and that's sort of where they're at, where they are. And that's my my role in this industry is to help, you know, create that bridge, that bridge of understanding. So in, along this uh, vein, I, I'm exploring here why other people that may be sort of against the concept of cannabis are using other things in their life to help them experience the hot. And what I mean by high is about the euphoric effects of using the plant, and and in life, what other things can you use or do that create something like those those the somewhat so-called being high? And again, like I I, I people have sort of broken it down to being you know CBD is not psychoactive and THC is, and I I try and even not even use those terms. I feel psychoactive is an incredibly vague and non-concrete definition of what happens. And it is very personal and why it's so personal is because it's an interaction of our external environment and our bodies and the the chemical reaction between those two with either cannabis involved or not is, can be very, feel very similar. So I use these examples uh, today where I wanted to talk about this uh, picture of me doing the aerobics there that's from high fitness. So that's a friend of mine that I've known for a long time and her husband and my husband go way back to when they were very young. And they are the kind of, I would say the classic lazy stoners. Like that's literally, you know, was a characteristic that described the two of them. And they're they've been best friends for a long time, but I would say they felt and the, experience, the effects of getting high with cannabis and, that was their mode of getting high. Whereas, for example, um, Zach's wife, Amber, she created this fitness program called High Fitness. Without the use of any cannabis whatsoever, it's just a super high-impact energetic aerobics that's like taking North America by storm. They've got people all over the North America that practicing this, and it's super fun, like it's a super energetic way. But I also do this activity and find it incredibly invigorating, just the music and the people. A lot of people really like doing athletics or doing any kind of physical activity because it creates a similar dopamine um, response in our bodies that releases chemicals very much, very similar to how cannabis feels in your system as well. And I show mountains and hiking boots because in a similar way, a lot of people, especially here in Alberta, where those mountains are literally taken, that picture is taken outside my door. And that's exactly, we have high altitude, where it is actually logically, uh, technically high up, and people seek out mountains to hike and to, you know, camp and to experience nature in its entirely you know, basic form just being up high and the altitude makes you feel high. There's there is something actually there. And this is something that I think, you know, many other people maybe participate in these activities. They do them on a regular basis. And an example, runners high, you know, a lot of people have uh, used that expression. That's the same concept. When you're sort of pushing your body past that point of endurance, you're feeling that that rush of euphoria. And it is literally literally a release of chemicals. I learned a lot about this through my interviews with Raphael McCoolham, who's the founder. He found the endocannabinoid system 30 years ago, and he's you know nominated for the Nobel Prize around discovering the chemical structures of THC and CBD that are creating this with our body. But there's also a lot of other things in our body and in our environment that create a very similar feeling without it being cannabis. So that's what I wanted to bring attention to today. And that other people may have already found this and cannabis is just like, well, they don't need it because they've already found it. And that's, I think part of the stigma is that they already get high in other ways and that, and maybe it's athletics, maybe it's you know uh, hiking. Um, But that's the quote here I use from Bob Marley. Some people feel the rain while others get wet. And I think he was really, that's the concept, concept he was really tapping into there is cannabis makes you really feel the rain, but some people cannabis maybe just makes you feel wet, but something else makes them feel Mm -hmm. that thing. And that's essentially the concept that I'm going after here.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, cannabis is not for it, it can be, um, you know, it, uh, you know, it has many different ways you can use it, but certainly just like a lot of other things, there's going to be people that are going to take a pass because, um, you know, for, for whatever personal reason. Uh, all right, I love uh, the topic of changemakers today. We're diving in uh, to a very cool book that you have by author Heather Cabot, The New Chardonnay. I love the title uh, because as we've seen in the wine industry, there seems to be, you know, Malbec got so popular at some point and then Rosé got so popular. So I, I love this uh, this title. But tell us a little bit about, you know, the, this book and in particular this author.
3: Yeah. So uh, Heather Cabo is an American journalist and she's done a lot of like, I would say, investigative journalism that really about people interest stories for, for uh, ABC and NBC, like journalists her whole career. And she wrote this book. It's fairly recent from this year, or sorry, 2020. And it's about the unlikely story of how marijuana went mainstream. And I, I said, you know, I, I, I joked when I saw this, I'm like, is it mainstream? I don't know if it's mainstream yet, at least not here. That was sort of my, my question mark. But this is a very much, it's sort of from the lens of US, uh, USA uh, focused and based. Although there's quite a few uh, references to people in Canada. Some I even had to fact check. because I'm like, what is she talking about here? So the one about Willy Wonka of weed, mm-hmm. I guess that's what they called, uh, not Bruce Linton, but it's his business partner at the beginning, uh, Chuck Fiki. He was considered the Willy Wonka of weed because they bought the Hershey factory in Smith Falls for the canopy uh, beginning uh, facility. And I, I just laugh because that is, just that system, that that whole company has been—I don't even know what to say—they're—they're they're all over the map at the moment. But, anyways, the book explores the confluence of social, economic, and political forces that have brought marijuana into the mainstream in the U.S. And it—it it doesn't say in the U.S. in the book, but I'm specifically saying in the U.S. It has not gone mainstream in Canada yet. I'm going to say that I don't believe that marijuana is mainstream yet. Her examples that she's talked about are largely women. Suburban neighborhoods, you know, getting together and having instead of Chardonnay or glasses of wine, using cannabis as a modality for self-care and wellness that is becoming very accepted, um, particularly from the, I'm going to call this the soccer mom group, which I am a member of, proud card carrying and all. But what I get to hear is that we have had a very different experience in Canada because cannabis has been legalized, but under the strangest of of, uh, rubrics. So the experiences that she talks about in the book, I would say are still very uh, subculture or underculture. And it might be because of COVID that we haven't really been able to come out and talk about these things in public. But a lot of the examples that she talks about, I'd say they, they occur in Canada, like the mommy groups getting together and talking about stuff, but it's just not the same common mainstream um, so I'm pushing back on that. But I think that this is a huge step forward in the right direction. Um, and that's why this book is really celebrating Heather Cabot and bringing this out as, you know, we want it to be mainstream. And she gives a ton of examples from references to history, to pop culture, to people that are currently doing it, that really show and shine a light on how we can do it in Canada without really changing anything.
1: Yeah, I I I really think that uh, had we not been in a pandemic, it it would be more mainstream. I mean, you look at the the retail sales are 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 up so much. I think more people are getting in to cannabis with education. I just think because we haven't been able to get together. Uh, you know, it's not maybe out there as much, but I see a lot more people than I ever did before, and people that I never saw talking about cannabis doing it on social media now. So I think that's the pandemic. I hope so. I hope post pandemic we are seeing the 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 weed o'clock meetings with the mom groups and the dad groups <laughs> yeah. and everybody's groups, right? And we all can get together. We're to get everywhere. Yeah, like yeah. I, I just think our I think COVID has just put such a kibosh on any kind of social activity, and cannabis is 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 maybe the most social of the culture of anything out there. So, you know, it's it's been stunted, uh, to use a growing term, uh, but the sales are up. So yeah. I, I hope post-COVID we do see that this is actually mainstream, but it's just been clamped down so much because of the pandemic. That's my hope anyway. What do you think?
3: Yeah, so I agree with you. So here's my my only caveat, star, asterisk, whatever you want to call it, I believe it hasn't really seen the success that we would hope it to see like it has in the U.S., because it hasn't been accepted by our governments and our institutions as being a way to generate a new economy. And in COVID, we really need someone to say, yeah, this is a good way to generate a new economy. And that's the belief that we don't have of a public disclosure. And what's interesting is I was in diving into this piece on it is that. Like every month, they, they're reporting job numbers, like how many people are going back to work or jobs are being lost you know, because of COVID. It's sort of flip-flopping back and forth. But I looked at the categories for jobs. There isn't even a category to say you're working in cannabis, check here. Hmm. So part of it is nobody's measuring to see the growth from an economic and a, you know, tax benefit. I mean, the government is collecting taxes in every province, both for its own provincial matters and federally. So there's got to be an accounting system somewhere that's adding up that amount. The The unfortunate part is that they're not reporting that. And that's the thing is it's not being reported or shared or disclosed that that's actually becoming a driver. And therefore, that should be something it would be like a self-perpetuating thing if they said, actually, this is getting better. We're seeing the numbers. So right now, only our own industry is reporting the growth. The rest of the world isn't declaring that cannabis has actually been an impact or a positive impact in these times. And that's what I'm saying. That's a star. If we can report it, if we could say we're actively working in the sector and we were employed or we're making money, then it's mainstream.
1: Yeah, it might be mainstream with the public, just not the government. Yeah, the government needs to, needs to catch up. But, you know, maybe all the public is mainstream and everybody, you know, is doing all these things, but we need the government side to catch up. And, uh, you know, we, we needed about another few shows to, to fit all the, uh, uh, the kinks uh, in, in that situation. So let's move on to what it means to be green. And I know this is a big one for you. So uh, purposeful packaging. A, I love the alliteration. Uh, so tell us about what we're talking about here.
3: Yeah. So uh, the purpose of packaging that actually came out when I was in working with the ISO group, trying to explain like, what is the point of packaging in the purpose of, for purpose of cannabis. And I kept talking about purposeful packaging and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, right now, the way it's written, like the, the copy and paste from other segments are, it's not purposeful. It's actually just a mm-hmm. ban. Like everything's do not do this, do not do this. I'm like, this is, we, we've lost our way. So I'm like, here, here's an example of how a company, this is actually Wildlife Cannabis Co. So this is these products are available in stores and they are phenomenal, by the way, if you can get some, they're amazing. It's a little tin can that has these 10 um, joints in them, uh, 0.3 times 10 pre-rolls. And the packaging says the purpose. And this is what I mean about this, is that this is a, a an ad in a magazine that explains, a cannabis magazine s- explains it. And all it says is that I am a sworn protector of these wizard sticks. So they're calling these little joints mm-hmm. wizard sticks. Once I have fulfilled my mission, I am at the service of the bud holder. I shall be repurposed. I shall be shall not be rejected. I shall be reborn and I shall rise again. And I just love that this, this first for the shelter. They're the ones that put these together and cannabis uh, wildlife co is one of their flagship brands. And I just have to say like, they did this with such intention, purposeful packaging. The packaging is amazing. What the, what it says about it is amazing. And the product is amazing. And that's what I mean by what it means to be green. All of those things are what's green about this whole concept.
1: I think that is awesome. I think anytime you can take the packaging that you buy at the store and not just throw it in. Well, please don't ever throw it in the garbage, but not just recycle it at a at a recycling plant, but do it on your own. Is it, it's 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 paramount, and you know some packaging allows you to do that. Some other packaging doesn't. You know, at the at the very beginning of of legalization, I was keeping tubs and you know putting pen. You know. The, but they they weren't good they weren't that great for for certain things but there are other things so this is just a uh a, just a just a standard tube uh, green aid blue dream that i grabbed so i have so many of these that i've kept and i've taken the stickers off And then when I can do trade shows and different things and and expos and be on location, these are great for for gift bags with a Cannabis 101 podcast sticker on them. So you're you're (laughs) repurposing, you're using these again, you're making sure that these don't end up in a landfill or a dump or whatever it is, you know, and, and whether that's using that in your business or just using that as... Hey, now I got a dupe tube or whatever. When I go out with my friends or go camping, I can just throw some of my pre rolls in here. Whatever it is. Some of the packaging is better than others. And the the tin packaging, those are awesome. I absolutely, I I have some uh, that that I've kept over the time. So anytime I can reuse the packaging, I certainly do. The rest of the time, I take it back to the retail stores and hopefully, you know, they, they can make sure it's getting recycled properly. But when you can, Use it for something, turn it into something. These things are gold for like, for somebody like me, who's going to, you know, hopefully give out like a thousand bags a day or more at a, at, at an expo. And I can be like, Hey, have your own cannabis one-on-one podcast joint holder. I think that's pretty cool. And that's with repurposing.
3: A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's exactly. So it has more than one purpose is, is the whole thing, which is great. And, it, but it still is doing the same thing it did in the first place, just from somebody else now, instead of its own company. So you're right. bang on Dean and that's that's what it means to be green. That's all I got to say about that.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's just, uh, it's smart. It's um, you know, and like, Hey, who doesn't you know want to have your you know you could get your own sticker make your own sticker like yeah. you know Malka's joint holder whatever it's and there is some really creative packaging out there that you can do that with so so I think that's a great idea and and I challenge all of our listeners and viewers to to you know show me how you repurpose your packaging out there uh, hit me up on Twitter at the cannabis 101 Malka always loved chatting the sun is still shining so I think I'm going to try and sneak out and uh, get in a little more sunshine do some ground and uh, get in touch with mother nature and you know a little cannabis uh, mixed in there as well i think will be a lot of fun if anybody wants to get a hold of melka check out www.greengencompany.com and find out how melka can help you thanks so much melka we'll chat next week
3: thanks dean this
0: is the cannabis 101 podcast it's all part of the Cannabis Life Experience. Turning the wheel of cannabis. One toke at a time.
1: So earlier I told you, uh, well last week we told you we're taking a bit of a break at the end of this month. But that doesn't mean we're going to not going to have great content. It's just going to be live for you on Relevant. Uh, all you have to do is download the app. R-E-L-E-V-N-T. Head to Weedipedia, find the Cannabis 101 podcast vibe and join the fun. we got a great message board chat. You can put up some pictures, whatever you're doing. And basically, we're going to be taking the business of cannabis, This Week in Cannabis News, Know Your Buds, all these great segments uh, that we have and throwing them on the vibe. And we'll do it live uh, and you'll be able to join in and ask questions and be a part of it. So join Relevant Check out my Vibe. All you got to do is download the app, R-E-L-E-V-N-T, join Weedipedia and the Cannabis 101 Podcast Vibe. We're going to have so much fun there over the summer, and it's great for you to be able to interact with me here on the show in a way that we just cannot do uh, through podcast format. Also, check out Cannabis101podcast.ca where, of course, you can uh, find all fun stuff. Uh, You can uh, check out, uh, of course, past episodes. You can also sign up for the Weed Weekly. So check it out, Cannabis101podcast.ca. Bud, dope, flower, ganja,
0: Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day.
1: Samuel L. Jackson, The Hobbit's leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. This is how we do it on Weed Word of the Day. I give you one slang term, one standard term, and the slang term is hippie lettuce. You've heard of devil's lettuce, maybe? How about hippie's lettuce? Basically, it's more used for people who don't smoke weed and more of a cut down on those who do because of the hippie culture. And lettuce with green weed is oftentimes called lettuce soap hippie lettuce is the slang term and uh you know if if somebody said oh you're smoking some hippie lettuce i'd be like yes i am own it uh you know don't cut down on other people perfect example we talked about in uh, business of cannabis everybody to each their own you know if you like cannabis great if you don't like cannabis great don't push it on anybody Uh, don't carve somebody because they do or they don't do it let them people live their lives you want to call it hippie lettuce uh, for fun too. I, d- I said it the other day with my mom, with my mom, with my wife Trish. We were going out for a drive. It was on Mother's Day, and I said i got to go ahead and pick up some hippie lettuce, and she kind of chuckled at that. Now the standard term is haze, and that's a name of a very famous cultivar. It would probably be on the Mount Rushmore of top cultivars uh, with the uh, reach in lineage that is very very far. Haze cultivars tend to produce a creative, energetic head high. It's said to have originated rather in a bunch of different tropical areas like Mexico, Colombia, Southeast Asia uh, as well. Uh, Northern Lights has haze in it. So does Blue Dream, one of my favorites. So hippie lettuce and and haze, rather, uh, which is in one of the uh, lineages in Blue Dream. And that is your weed words of the day the cannabis life experience it's
2: not just about getting high it's about getting healthy turning the wheel of cannabis one toke at a time
1: all right that's going to wrap up our number one i hope you enjoyed watching it on our youtube channel or streaming it on our social media channels If you did, just hit subscribe, hit the bell. You'll get a notification every time we put something out. And if you're listening, uh, we would love to have you leave us a review and uh, let us know what you think of the program. A reminder, you can check out the Cannabis 101 podcastca You can sign up for the Weed Weekly. Apologies to everybody on the Weed Weekly last week. Uh, We just could not get one out, Uh, but maybe we'll double the prize pack this week uh, just because we couldn't get it out. Click on that green circle. You're in the mix every Friday. It comes into your inbox. Good way to recap the show and keep up to date with what is going on In the world of the Cannabis 101 podcast, you can also find other great shows at Podcast Alley. We've got uh, some fantasy shows, some just straight uh, scouting hockey shows, and more. And some shows that aren't around anymore that are kind of mothballed, but you can go check out past episodes as well, at uh, PodcastAlley.ca. We're back at it tomorrow morning for hour number two. That would be Wednesday morning, uh, May 12th, depending on when you are watching this. And Quinn Shiskin is uh, going to join us from the Valence Company and check out the cool things they have going. Also, uh, Chris Ianson, our educator, and a regional manager from Plant Life Cannabis will drop by as well. You can find past episodes at Cannabis101podcast.ca and you can email me if you'd like to become a partner or a future guest on the show, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. As we always say, it's not about getting high, it's about getting healthy, and we leave you with the marijuana song from the artist, Sorry About Your Dog. Have a great week in cannabis, everybody.